Oh, y'all know what time it is. <laughs> it is Thread Inception Thursdays. Oh, my goodness. This is the scariest show. Oh. KB, you killing it on this one, fam. This track is so nasty. Not today, Satan. Not today. All right. So here's the deal. Here's how the show works. anything planned to talk about i'm just gonna tell you right now i have nothing under my sleeves they're short by the way speaking of my sleeves this outfit i'm currently wearing if if you can see me on youtube on locals and you can even watch me on x i didn't dead name it this time i didn't call twitter i didn't call it twitter y'all stop dead naming it it is x now i didn't call it twitter like the rest of you horrible humans if you can see me on Facebook, I am wearing my sponsor's shirt. Yes, I actually have a sponsor for this show. It is an 18-year-old young lady by the name of Hannah. She makes wonderful things, and you can get these wonderful things and see these wonderful things at NewHeartTreasures.com. That's NewHeartTreasures.com. This lovely mug came from there. This is an amazing mug. People in my studio are trying to steal this mug from me, you haters. I think it makes more caffeine in my coffee. I could be wrong, but it feels like it. God's sovereign in the shirt, too. This shirt, back in the day, before I was married, my wife's uncle and I used to hang out. And one of the things we used to look for when we went and bought shirts was shirts that made you look like you had more muscles than you actually do. You know what I'm saying? Make you feel like you was, like, swole. This one of them shirts, man, it fits so nicely, so comfortably. Makes me look like I have more muscles than I actually do. My wife look at me different. Man, if you want your wives to look at you different, go to newhearttreasures.com. Get you one of these lovely God is Sovereign shirts. The material is so nice. It's lovely. And be praying for Hannah's mom. She's having brain surgery right now. And I'd love for you guys just to say a little prayer that God would be sovereign in all his work. That he would heal her. And that she comes out of this, getting this tumor out of her head, and, and God blesses them and their family and through this process. So be praying for Hannah's mom. And one way to support Hannah right now is to go to newhearttreasures.com and get something from her. She has a, a, an array of lovely items on that website, and she supports me. So I'm very, 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 very grateful. All right, so <clears throat> this is probably the scariest show. I was on the, the phone with my wife just a moment ago, right before I went in, because I always check my, uh, I always check my um, spaces to see if uh, my Bluetooth is working with my roadcaster. So I was on the phone with my wife and I told my wife, I said, babe, I'm about to do, you know, the test came through. It was good. We're fine. And I'm about to go live. But here's the problem, babe. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. And my wife said, uh, well, I don't know who to be more afraid for you or them. <laughs> I love me. Hey, what's up, Darren Stead? I see you. Okay, listen, I'm going to put the link inside of, if you're listening on YouTube, if you're listening uh, are watching on Facebook and on, I believe this is on X and Locals. I'm going to put a link inside of the comments thread that if you want to talk to me about what's on your, uh, that shirt is fresh. Thank you, Greg. It is fresh. If you want to talk to me about what's inside of your threads, social media platform, uh, here's the link. I just posted it inside of there to StreamYard. I think that's what I'm on right now. StreamYard is Riverside. Ooh, don't tell them I did that. I'm on Riverside. I just posted a link there. I'll try and post it on my uh, 
on Twitter too. How about that? Oh, I just dead named him. Doggone, I didn't mean to do that. Okay, so let me tell you how this works. Um, you guys are the content. You guys source the content through what's happening on your social media accounts, okay? So I want you to go to your social media account, YouTube. Uh, no, let's skip YouTube. I don't care what's on your thread in YouTube. We can't really hear it anyway. But let's talk about what's on Facebook and what's on Twitter, what's in your thread. And I don't care what if it, what it is. It doesn't have to be anything that's like super deep. It doesn't have to be anything that you think is super special. It's just what's on there. How is the algorithm sourcing content for you? I kind of know what I kind of want to know what that says about you. And let's just talk through the content. That's all I want to do. I just want to hang out with you guys. And that's what I do on Thread Inception Thursdays. So let me see. Um, Darren, the top. There is no top. Darren, Darren, you are the topic. You guys are sourcing it. Derek Webb is dressed all over the Internet. Okay, gay. Listen, okay. I am King Ginger. I just gave you the link. You're more than welcome to come in and talk about that. Click the link, come in. I'll let you talk about Derek Webb and his dressing. I might not say much. This is one of those shows that if you ever really, really want to talk about me to me, you can actually do that. I'm trying my best not to say much. You guys are going to source more, most of the content, and I'm going to see how much of a Christian I can be and just <clears throat> take what you got to say to me. Let me know if that link came through on the social media platforms if you want to chat and so you can tell me what's in your thread. And now here I have a rule. Greg Moore, how about Stuart Amadon? Oh, I said this. Um, Amadon? I think I said it right. Stuart Amadon of Page 50 and John Boot. Well, what happened to that? Fresh from FLF, both. Both got quotes today by Newsweek about the Derek Webb. Oh, did you guys? Well, there's a link there. Darren Stitt said, I'm a bad topic, man. Of the gingers, King Ginger is a better topic for than me. We'll see. Okay, so here's the rule. Here's the rule. If you got to get on here, I just posted a link. I didn't see nobody come in yet. I'm going to post a link on, again, on the social media platforms. Darren, you can feel free to, to oh, there he goes. Marcus Pittman is officially in the building. Now, I'm going to bring Marcus in. Marcus, are you there? I'm here. What's up, man? Okay, now here's the rules. I didn't, I didn't already told everybody, but I'm going to see if you yeah. did. You know if you got to right. speak on here. You know what happened has to happen first, right? No. Oh, Marcus, you have to. Sh There's this is a rule. I don't play about this okay. one. Okay. You have to have shared the show in order to be able to have speaking rights on the show. Oh, uh, okay. You don't I'll just be right back. Okay, I'll yeah, right you, back. you you come right back. What does he thought this was? Because we friends. He just thought he gonna come up in here. Darren, did you see how easy that was for Marcus to pop up in here? Yeah. Okay. So everybody who's on Spaces. Uh, Marcus, you didn't have to disappear for real. I just took you out of the room. That man shut his camera off. And <laughs> Marcus, you are a great guy. Now, listen, don't, don't. What about me? This is my show. This show is not about Marcus. All right. So here we go. We have um, some people who are inside of the spaces. And I want to know what's in your thread. What's in your thread? You go ahead and talk. Uh, but you, you know the rule. You got to share it. Is that... Um, Chris Bolt. What's up, Chris? How are you doing, sir? Chris? Okay, Marcus is back. Chris, if you want to chat, share the show, I'll let you in and we can talk on here. We have a really interesting relationship. I like Chris, though. All right. 
Well, hey, Marcus, how you doing? Welcome back to the show. It's good I'm to back. have you. I, don't, I didn't. I don't know the rules, man. Yeah, well, now you do. Every, you know, and you know what? What's really nice is that you uh, helped everybody else understand the rules too. And if I'm willing yeah, to do now, this to my friends, now we know the rules. You know, it's, it's like a, it's like a pizza review show with Dave Portnoy. Everybody knows the rules. They know the rules now. You know. All right. So you you talk you you hit up something that was in your thread. What was in your thread that you want to hit up? Everybody, all I'm seeing is those photos of Derek Webb dressed in a dress as he's about to go to the Dove Awards with the trannies. Now, you got to explain it for me. Who is who is Derek Webb? He was, uh, so my wife was explaining to me who he was, but he was in Cadman's Call. He was the lead singer in Cadman's Call, I believe. Now, and who and is Cadman's Call? married to one of the women who is part of Sovereign Grace Music, I believe. Okay, now I heard, I know who that is. And then they got divorced and he's abandoned the faith faith and apostatized. So why do we care and, that he's in a dress then? Have we already know. put him on a church discipline? <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out. It's the hey, boy. Tell you, you, you asked what was going on in the threads. Okay. So that's what I'm telling you. I'm seeing all over the internet. Well, what is, it's well, going to a Christian award show. Well, you know what? Here, you know, here's, here, here, here's, here, here's, here's how I feel about that. Not today, Satan. Not today. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> So, so, okay, so when you saw this, what's the first thing that popped in your mind? I was, my first thing that felt, popped in my mind was this is what happens when the Christian entertainment industry is run by women. Explain yourself, mister. That sounds very insulting. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's, it's, well, it's literally made for women. White, run by women. white women, people, music. What? Okay, it's Greg Moore. <laughs> Greg, you better hit, click the link if you want to talk, because I don't understand what you... Oh, Marcus, are you smoking a cigar? Of course, always. Dang it. <laughs> it's real nice. I mean, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to enjoy the weather while we still have some weather. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> so, 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 so you saw that you said, um, this is what it looks like when women run the, the music yeah. industry. Well, the, the entire Christian entertainment industry is, 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 is created for was created for 35-year-old soccer moms who shop at Lifeway Christian bookstores, right? So uh, when you're, when you're... Uh, Hold on, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. What evidence do mm-hmm. you have of that? How do you know that? I was, uh, I led advertising for Pure Flix. Okay, that'll work. For a year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just 1. asking, I just want to... $1.5 million a month spent on advertising to women. No advertising to men. Wait, so do you think uh, this is interesting? Do you think that's actually a woman problem or a man problem? Uh, it, it, no, it's a man problem. I, I, I think I don't. I, I don't think we've created the distribution channels to be able to capture men in in the industry. I think we've just kind of abandoned them. Um, they're going to Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson, Shapiro now, and we haven't really figured out where that, like, where that audience is. Um, but but no, I think it's. I mean, I think a lot of the church has been run by women for a long time, and so the men feel they have to emasculate themselves in order to get attention in the Christian entertainment space. And how are you planning to change that? Well, I'm glad you. Asked. <laughs> I, I know you're here because you want to pitch something. You ain't fooling me. I know this is a pitch. Why I, well, I think a show like the PKs where we just dropped on Twitter. If you go, oh, what uh, is PKs? What is P- tell me all about PKs? <laughs> so PKs, you don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, so the, 
<laughs> the PKs is a show uh, written by Jason Farley, directed by uh, you, uh-huh. uh, and starring uh-huh. Show Baraka. Yes, and it's a comedy sitcom that we dropped uh, this week only um, on all the socials, social medias uh, that we have, and you can go there and you can watch uh, the the full pilot, and uh, which I think is probably one of the the best comedy sitcoms we've ever had in christian oh, tell me more tell me more no yeah, yeah. Really, I, I, I believe that I, I believe that it, it pushes the boundaries in all the right the right ways um and it's it's legitimately funny and it's not um cheesy or poorly acted so that that's my thoughts on it. Obviously, I'm partial because I paid for it. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just want to say too, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's why lore is important, so we can just experiment with movies and TV shows. And in order to experiment with movies and TV shows, you have to do things uh, in a super low risk way. And I think uh, our model allows for that, but it also allows us to be, create content. You know. Uh, for, for markets that don't exist yet and build out those markets and try to find it, like use the art to find the market much, much like MTV did or adult swim did. Um, there wasn't a it's, market for me, people watching music videos, right? They just had to make it, you know, you, <laughs> but they believed they believed that they, there, there would be a market if they could make it, but they didn't have an, they didn't even have enough music videos when MTV started to like run a full day. They were just on loop. Mm. <laughs> So they didn't exist yet. It wasn't a thing. So it, 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 can people still go right now? I was, it's funny. I have that actually on my, one of my things I want to talk about, which was: Can people still go right now to Lore TV and watch PKs? Is it still available to watch? Uh, it's not on the PKs. It's on our socials. It's not. On, it's not on the website. It's on our socials. On our so, so on so what's their socials? Uh, watch Lore on Twitter. Facebook is Watch Lore. Everything is Watch Lore. Okay, can you um, can you go and share the show again with the link so people can find it? <clears throat> Notice how I yeah. kind of threw that in there for for, for just for yeah. Me. I'll put it on Facebook. Yeah, man. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. and could you could you stop um having guys who are dressing like women in your thread? What does that say about you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm really sick of it. I, like, I, I, go ahead. No, I think it's just I I follow a lot of entertainment and Christian stuff, so I think that's sort of where that comes from, but. Yeah, well, we gotta work that one out. I'm, 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 I'm really, and I'm not even joking. I'm really. Oh, did you see that? My studio is still not back together. I'm really sick of how much we promote wickedness and ugliness. Mm-hmm. And so, um, oh, Greg is here from uh, Dead Man Walk. I'm gonna talk to him in just a second. All right, um, I, Marcus, I'm, your time has come to an end, especially, you know. Since you didn't know the rules and you bring all the gay stuff in here, I don't want to talk about men in dresses, but if that's in your thread, man, you need to repent, put some holy water on your thread. We'll talk about that later. Love you, bro. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, we gonna, you, could, you, could, you could talk about whatever you want to talk about and that's in your thread. I'm fine, but I might mock you. I said I was going to try not to say much, but I might mock you. Hey, Greg, you mute your mic, mister. Don't make, you're, not yet, you're not next. This is Chris Bolt. He's next. So you got to mute your mic, sir. Yes, thank you, Greg. Chris Bolt, what's up, man? What's going on? What's Good. going on? I'm not gonna bring any. Not gonna bring any gay stuff in. Thank you, but you got to tell people how yeah. we became friends after you wanted me fired. I, well, I mean that you basically just uh, 
you you ruined the end of the story. I basically oh. wanted you fired, and then we became friends, right? <laughs> hey, man, I you know what? This is okay. Go go ahead, tell everybody the whole story. Do it in like ninety seconds. In ninety seconds. Well, I'll tell it the way I told it to you at SBC. I said I saw the trailer, and uh, I thought that the perception would be bad. This was the Founders trailer years ago, right? And uh, what was that? 2018? 2019. 2019. 2019. 2019. There we go. Yeah, yeah. This relates to my thread in a moment, by the way, oh. my timeline. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I said, uh, I said uh, this this man should be fired or something. I don't know. Ad Robles has it on a video somewhere way back there. It's been <laughs> you know deleted since. But anyway. Uh, so yeah. And then I said, but then I found out, then I realized it was chocolate Knox. And I was like, wait, I'm, I'm not going to ask him to be fired. I'm, I didn't know <laughs> that part. I don't know. I told you this, but it, it had a little bit more humor. Maybe uh, I didn't hear that humor part. To it. Okay. Like, I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know that you didn't know it was me. I thought you knew the whole time it was me. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> I did not. No, I did not initially know that. No, I did not. But okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know that's it's interesting though because it uh, that overlaps with uh, something that was in my timeline, which is uh, Neil Shinby saying something about if 2019 you were uh, looking at you know 2023 you, would you be ashamed or would you be uh, uh, horrified by by what you've become or something to that effect? Which I thought was a really interesting sort of thought experiment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot has happened since 2019. So I think that if you're still the same person you were in 2019, there, there's probably some moral, uh, some moral issues going on there, to be honest. Hey, Chris, what would you go back and tell your 2019 self, though? That's an interesting question to me. Oh, it is an interesting question. Um, you know what I would think I would say? I think I would say to myself, Stop worrying about associating with people who are considered kind of fringe or, or out of the way or, or whatever, right? So, like, you're never going to agree with everyone on everything. I don't even agree with myself on uh, everything. Uh, that's not true. Oh, whatever. Like, oh, wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, that, that's exactly what gets used against people to stop um, uh, creative things from happening to stop, uh, good thought from happening, to, to stop good movements from moving and, uh, good moral, uh, movements from, from being established is that, is that people do this guilt by association thing where they pick some figure and then try to pick some fringe thing that they've done. And, you know, it's, it's called the ick factor, right? Like people don't think they, uh, they emote and they have this ick factor where they don't want to be associated with, particular people or particular groups of people just because of something that they've uh, come to be known for, right? So, um, I mean, in reality, the Christian nationalism label is being used that way now. Um, lots of other things like that. I mean, I don't take that label on myself that I'm aware of. I don't think I ever have. But uh, if I'm called it, depending on what they mean, sure. But, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's used to shut down discussion rather than uh, advance it. No, I think you're right. I, I think it is. I think, Dave, I love, I keep trying to get this to catch on. I love how David Reese talks about this, which David Reese says, um, you know, if you ask me if I'm a Christian nationalist, depending on your intent for asking the question is going to be the, the way my, I answer, which is if you're trying to separate me from the people of God, then yes, I'm a Christian nationalist. But internally, inside with the conversation with Christian brothers, I am not because we can have 
the the argument of the discrepancies of the, the details and that stuff internally. But when the world is trying to use that as a way to separate you out from the called out ones, then I'm not going to unidentify myself with them. I am baptized with these brothers. And so, yeah, I'm, you don't get to decide who's in and who's out outsider. This is us. I'm with my people. And that's one of the things I thought was such a great distinction because some people are running from the title because they don't because they want to really look good to the world. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm always even my crazy, charismatic brothers, them still family. I'm always going to identify with them over trying to say, no, nah, that's not family. No, they family. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's it. All right, brother. Yeah. Speaking of which, what, what do you what do you do to sweeten the pot to get Owen Strand on uh, on FLF or whatever? I don't know if that's gonna. That happen. was in my timeline too. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't know if that's gonna happen. You know, I would love to see it happen, but I don't think it is. I, I I think that I think we're back in that, and maybe I'll talk about this at some point, probably tomorrow when we do it on the show. Um, Chris, I'm gonna let you go, and I'm gonna move on, but I'm gonna finish answering this uh, from. Uh, I'm going to finish answering this question. Uh, tr- sorry, try to do so many things at one time. I think that in the social justice movement, we were the ones who were trying as much as we can to have conversation with brothers that we disagreed with. And we wanted in all platforms just to understand really what they meant. What, what do you mean? What is going on? How do you, because we see this thing differently, brother. And so the statement on social justice in the gospel was a way to say, can we have the conversation around these guidelines and come to the table to us? They would not come to the table. And I'm finding that we're back in that same situation again, where a lot of people who are coming to the realization of where we currently are in our political understanding, our political theology and say, hey, something's massively broken. And we need to go back and recover some things that have been lost because Christians in America have not been operating with good political theology. And so we need to resurrect that. And what's happened is a lot of Christians who, who a lot of my brothers who are on the anti-CN side, and this isn't all of them, this isn't all of them by any means, but some of them are trying to figure out something weird is happening. And the pendulum's swinging. And, and instead of talking to them to figure out what they mean by what they're saying, they're talking at them. And I think people are comfortable right now. Um, this isn't everybody, by the way, but some people are comfortable right now because there's, it's, there's a lot more at stake than just the conversation. Institutions are at stake, right? I, I think there's, it's huge. It's, there's a lot. Look, when, when, when the book for The Case for Christian National was written, all of a sudden that blo- book blows up. You saw a couple more come out. All those books are making a lot of money. And so now we have two opposing sides that can have two different bases. And I'm trying to figure out, like, forget all the other stuff. Let's have the conversation. But I'm not supposed to be talking because this is a thread inception. Thursday where you talk and we have Ellie, the assistant. What's in your thread, Ellie? Actually, if you're my thread, it's exactly what you were talking about there with uh, Owen Strawn. There's that and the lore pilot. But I'm just a lot more interested in the lore pilot because it's Me something too. funny. It's something Me more too. interesting. It's, 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 right, right. Yeah, I mean, way more interesting. <laughs> Way more interesting. I, I was. I, I wanted to ask Marcus Pittman. Actually, I was curious when you guys made that pilot. Were there things that you could think off the top of your head that oh, this will be uh, people will object to this or that or to a, a figure standing at the pulpit saying ass. <laughs> I, I wondered if you guys had hey, those Ellie? thoughts and if Ellie. you did. Um, yeah. Whose show is this? 
<laughs> Yours? Okay. Why, why are you asking Marcus questions? Ours? Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, you know what? Good point. Today, today is technically your show, but I'm still trying to figure out why you asking Marcus Pittman That's questions. Right. He didn't even direct it. <laughs> oh, you! I'm asking you the oh. question. I'm sorry, my bad. Oh. I'm asking you the question. <laughs> okay, let me. I'll answer it for you the best I can. So when we did when we did PKs, the point of PKs, the very point of PKs, was kind of believe it or not, rooted in some of the social justice conversations that were happening. Where we wanted to make the demar the, the 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 line the markation of the line of what was um of what family looks like what is the thing that binds us together the thing that binds us together is covenant right that is the thing that marks us off as being who this is who we are this is this is the defining markers of of what identifies us and gives us our identity and so so long as we have that marker that's the thing and when we were creating that and Jason if he pops on here I'll even ask him too but. The furthest thing from our mind when we were creating in the creating moment was what anybody else necessarily thought about what we were doing. When you're an artist and you're trying to curate, you have to let that thing just like, what do you want to do? What do you want to come out of you? What do you what are your worldview and your position and how do you speak that and how do you do it in an artistic way? That's what we were more concerned about. We did know that it would be a risk to use the word ass in that way. We did know that. And that that's part of why we did it. And sometimes, you know, um, and Jason, he, he'll, he can speak way more on this. Sometimes to be able to do that is to wake people up. Um, I, I want to recommend from, oh, what is it? Uh, Nate Wilson's podcast that, that just left me. Um, Stories are soul food. Are you talking about? Yeah. That, he does a great take yeah. on words. There's no, there's no bad words. No bad words. He does a whole great theological breakdown on that and a really good um, explanation of appropriateness and lack of appropriateness. So, yeah, but when, when you're creating and you're in a, you got a vein, if you let all of the tractors in your head, you never get your ideas and concepts out. And so you have to be free to make what it is you're making without having those type of boundaries. Otherwise, they would never let you create anything that's good. And so you have to be really careful of that. Ellie, I'm going to let you go. Does that help? Did that answer your question? Yeah, that was good. Okay. Well, I, you know, it's my show. Thank you for thank you for coming on. Tell me what's in your thread. Um, Greg. Greg, it's your turn. You're up, my friend. What's up, bro? What's up, Knox? I'm doing hey, you know what's what? What's going I, on? I, hey, I, I I got a bone to pick with you. You know, you were at the uh -oh. you were at the fight left. First of all, let me say thank you. I, I, let me start this off like a Paul thing. I want to say thank you for making sure that everybody got a drink the first round. <laughs> You brought me two. You brought me okay. wine and you brought me a beer. And uh, seriously, man, you're a rock star. Thank you so much. You, you came to the conference and took care of everybody <laughs> on, on the beer and psalms on the, on the, um, the after party. And it was awesome. And I just really appreciate you. Um, and so, first of all, thank you. Everybody go follow and listen to Dead Man Walking podcast. Um, you run a tight show. You're so quick. And, man, you hit it and you go, and it's so impressive. I love what you do. I think everybody needs to be listening to your podcast. And you're a great guy, too. All right, now you can go. Your turn. And then I'll tell you why I'm mad at you. Oh, man, you must you must really be mad at me because you're laying it on thick. Um, I didn't come <laughs> on here for you to say how great I was. Uh, well, what's the bone to pick? What, what do you got? Uh, well, you know, I came over. I, I was trying to hit every podcast downstairs inside of the uh, vendor booth. 
area. I came down there and I was like, all right, I definitely got to hit Dead Man Walking because they paid for first rounds for everybody. And I came down there and I was, I was, you guys were having a party. Whatever was going on downstairs in the vendor hall was definitely different than what was going upstairs at the conference. <laughs> and y'all were having a party and I came down there and I just kind of got engulfed in the party. I'm like, they don't, I'm not going to interrupt this guy to do a pot. He's already got, he's like, he's cool. You ever see some, anybody who's hungry, anybody who's hungry is like, you know, they like, let's do it. Let, 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 me, let me get this. When you fool, you be like, yeah, yeah you know, I, you just push the plate back. You just got to push the plate back on me. And it's okay. I'm fine with that. Hey, well, look at what you come out anytime you want. You got an open invitation. Uh, you know, I got people already telling me, Man, you got you got certain guys on a lot, and I go, I just love hearing them talk. I, I want to talk to them, and you're definitely one of those guys. And obviously, you know how much I love cross politics and everything you're doing out there. But very quickly, I have three things that are coming up in my uh, feed, and I want to see which one you want to hit on. One is the Unreal Engine. I don't know if you've seen that going around where you can take in real time AI and create fires in cars, bombs exploding, and they're be and this being used in media right now to kind of contort uh, the struggle going on in Israel versus Hamas. Two, I've seen a lot of unification on Israel between Big Eva, Reform folk, Pentecostals. Now, they all have different reasons why they're supporting Israel, but I find that odd that we're all kind of coalescing around that. And then the third thing was I saw Mark Driscoll on Turning Point USA talking about angels and demons. And I thought it was funny that uh, Mark only jumped on there after, uh, you know, Charlie Kirk supported trans rights and gay rights at his last, uh, you, you know, rally that he had. So wait, wait, he those are the three crazy things. Which his, one do you want to talk about? He did that. Well, hold on. The, the question is, now, see, see, this you got this takeover spirit on you. See, this is why you need to listen to him. <laughs> he got this takeover spirit. He just comes on and act like this is his show. No, no. What do you want to talk about is your thread. Oh, wow. Uh... Let's go Mark Driscoll and how far he's drifted. Uh, just because I grew up on Driscoll, early okay. two th early aughts. And now we have him talking about angels and demons and kind of this uh, Pentecostal kind of talk on turning point, which really, you know, Charlie's really strayed from conservatism. He's a pagan, but, he, you know, he had some, uh, he had a gay speaker on and supported him and said, hey, we need gays and trans in our movement uh, of conservatism, at which point I say, what are you conserving? And now we have Mark going on there and even straying further and kind of supporting that. I don't know what it's for, for clicks, for, uh, I mean, he was hawking some books. He said they were free, but I just find it very odd where you had a man who seemed to preach so biblically and 2002, three and four, and now 20 years later, 15 years later, he has gone, he's made a 180. And it's just, it's kind of sad for me. And I've seen that pop up four or five times in my feed. And I was just wondering what your thoughts on it was. Well, I think your thoughts are sufficient. Um, there's, there's two things there that came to mind when we were talking. <laughs> um, um, one is both of those guys are our problem as Christians, as a church. I've been working through. The, were you at the Business Makers Conference? I was not. Oh, man. I wish you could have made it. Everybody needs to go listen to the Business Makers Conference that happened at the last, at um, the pre-conference anyway, uh, at the last Fight Lefties Conference at the Ark Encounter. It is phenomenal. Um, Joe Rigney's talk on the poetry of creation was the summation of those talks. And he put the cherry on top, talking how God has handed over creation to man to mm. guard and to protect it and then to beautify it and to turn profit off of it. Right. That's I'm summarizing what he's saying. 
when I start thinking about that, one of the things that hits yeah. me dead in my chest is the responsibility that we have to to guard creation as much as we have to cultivate it. And part of the things that we need to understand about guarding is saying this is how yeah. you use it properly, right? Um, th- this is how this is how um, I just muted you because you're, you're going in and out on sound. We're coming to get a little bit of feedback, but and then I'll, I'll let you come back in. But we can't just cultify, uh, um, uh, cultivate creation. We can't just make it better. The the calling that we have is to protect it too. As we're working through theology and theological ideas, and we're helping people be able to break, make good families and make good goods, we have a spot responsibility in one way or another to police those things to make sure that they're being used properly in the field that God has required them to be used. That in, that includes bad doctrine, right? And I mean, I, I'm not a Mark Driscoll and the conserv and the conservative Charlie Kirk. Kirk is. We aren't leading, and the part of the reason Driscoll blew up was because there was this effeminate side to some of our theology that, and it was closed off that nobody really had access to in a lot of ways. And Driscoll was willing to go in those environments, go to those places, and proclaim the gospel where we weren't. And so this whole new, fresh movement that really wasn't being discipled by a lot of older guys grew up and developed. Now, praise God, a lot of those guys now have found. Um, more mature man to follow and develop. But man, I, I mean, I, I still, I don't know if we handled the Driscoll thing well. I just don't think we did. And nobody wants to have, it's, <laughs> I'm not trying to pick up my Baptist brothers, but nobody wants to have a presbytery, but all of a sudden Driscoll gets out of line and people start trying to figure out how to form presbyteries to get rid of them. Like, what? And so there, there, <laughs> there's no structure on what do you do with that? We We ain't engaged in politics. We haven't, figured out how to get Christians together to say, okay, what does it look like for Christians to protect the kind of blessings that God has given us and that we've created? We've evacuated from politics and then expect our politicians to hold up in some sort of way. And here's Charlie Kirk, who who's, who claims to be a Christian. I don't understand what's going on with him. I've, I can't re- I don't know if the stuff that he said about the homosexuality was old stuff and he's changed his position. Um, Greg, you just said that he did it recently at his one of his um, more recent events. I, I haven't seen that yet. But here it is that this is not somebody who – go ahead, Greg. Was, is that recent? Yeah, it was within the last six months, and he got mad at a conservative that was asking the question of, hey, you know, what are we conserving if you're allowing trans and homosexuals to sit on stage with you and say we're conservative? Which I just want to say goes back to what you guys are doing and what you're doing is so important is guarding that theology. I don't know how many more institutions have to fall, how many more single-led, non-congregational, non-presbytery pastors have to fall before we go, oh, we need a group of men that are actually guarding our theology and standing on the word like CrossPolitik does. And look at if you're out there, you're going to spend $12 on a Big Mac meal. Uh, first, don't do that. It's horrible food. Second of all, take that 12 bucks and go sign up a Fight Left Feast, all right? Because if you can spend 10 bucks on fast food, you can spend 10 bucks on building the kingdom. That's all I got. Thank you. Uh, we might have to give him 10% of everything he just got done saying. My goodness. <laughs> Greg, you know, I didn't even pay for that. I, you done bought first round of drinks. And getting people to sign up a couple club members. I got I got. There's one thing I do want to say. I got to correct just a little bit. Not just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. 
Not a lot, Greg. It's not going to hurt either. I wish I could say that it was what what CrossPolitik is doing, what CrossPolitik is doing, and this it ties into my G3 folks. What CrossPolitik is doing is what comes out of the church that we attend. <laughs> I hope you understand this. CrossPolitik is a product of godly men leading their families at home, qualifying themselves to be elders and teachers in the church, being fruitful in building the institutions around them, and we are a product of an environment that makes the habitation easy for us to grow in. And so cross-politic is a product of the church that, has, that, it's, that it's around. Pastor Toby Pastor, Pastor Wilson Pastor, Ben Merkel Pastor. There's churches all around, the solid churches. We, up, we just spring forth out of that because of what the church is doing. Excuse me. And because of that, we can be a blessing to other people. And, and so, and this is why I appreciate and grateful for the brothers who disagree with me at G3 on postmillennialism and theonomy. They can't help but perform the realities of my worldview anyway because of what they're promoting, which is the well-being, the advance, and the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ in the church to make sure that it goes forth and do it. They don't have to be post-millennial. They don't even have to like post-millennialism, but they can't afford to do anything else but build the church of Jesus Christ because it's built into the system. And so I'm grateful for what they do. I hope they have 20,000 more churches and people who are pastoring churches come to their conference because the better and the, the, the more advanced the church of Jesus Christ gets, the more hungry that it becomes for the, for the namesake of Christ in the world, the better the world is going to get. The, the more that we're going to be say, okay, now this gospel isn't Gnostic. It's not just in our heads and our hearts. We have to love our neighbor. We're going to have to build institutions and businesses to make sure that we, that men can have jobs to provide for their families. Somebody's going to have to make sure that we have the opportunity to live peaceable so the gospel can go forth. We're going to need some godly politicians. All that stuff comes through the church. Some Reza said, I'm preaching now. I know I'm pre. Thank, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I think that's about the Reza. Uh, so, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't too mad, you know. They can throw the punches and people can, oh, I can say what you want. Yeah, you know, let me tell you something. Just get to work. Go, go build something for Jesus that lasts longer than you. I mean, this is, this is part of the maturity that I'm trying to come to in my post-millennial worldview. It's not just to argue about post-millennialism. I, I, I'm not just doing that. What I'm trying to do is argue, do you work well? Do you build good? Do you love your neighbor well? Do you sing psalms on Sunday? Are you singing the word? Are you preaching the word? Are you reading the word? Are you praying the word? And so that's where my like. If you're not doing those things, that's where I'm going to spend most of my time. Let's get to work doing that. <laughs> you're doing that. You're, you're falling right in line. You know, I would love to be that you move properly there. But for me and my eschatological view, it's built into the system of creation. This is, this is why the business makers meet or uh, pre-conference was so important to me. Because as we are able to get Christians to work, to actually be like God, 
Go and take the things that God has. Oh, Joe Rigney did such a good. I talked about this yesterday. Joe Rigney did such a great job talking about this yesterday. Um, God takes and creates the world and he rests, but our work isn't done yet. And he gives it and hands it off to man and says, go make more of it. Go make it better. And I've given you a template, a roadmap. Here's the garden. Go and make the rest of the world like this. And when you are in everyone, everybody's theological position believes in work. We all do. We have to. But work is not the curse. Work is what you were made for. You were made to be a worker. You're designed to be like God. God worked. And you're made to beautify. And you're made to take the things that God has given you in their raw state and to produce something magnificent with them and to give them back to God and say, look, Lord, for your glory, I found out that your stuff can do more stuff. I found out that your blessing can be more blessing. I found out that this land can do this, can do that. And you bring it back and you give it to God and you say, Lord, this is yours. Look at this amazing creation that you have. That's what you were to be like, God. And if I can get people just to get to work, just to build something. Y'all, let me tell you, the left is a lot of people on the liberal side. They understand some of these basic principles. And all they do is outwork us. They're not even doing anything great. They're just, they're just outworking us. And I don't have a problem with the theological debates because we need them. But the majority of what we need Christians to do than anything else is to rediscover the reality of the created order for men to work like God and to beautify the creation. And if we can get Christians to be, take their work joyfully. I said this yesterday. I'm going to say it again until we get a beat in our head. God has prepared for you a blessing every day and he's called work. And he hands it to you and says, here, take it. And you wake up and you're like, oh, I got to go to work. Oh, today. You should beat your alarm clock up. When you wake up, I can't wait to see what kind of blessings God has for me today. God just prepared work for me and I get to go do it. Oh, this is so exciting. We don't wake up like that. No, we treat God's work like the children of Israel treated manna. Oh, manna again? God, you can't come up with something better? God has every day brought the sun up. And not once was he ever tired of doing it. You are made to image God. When you wake up, when you see that sun, take joy in the work that God gives you. And that kind of work, seeking to bless other people, seeking to be like God and image God because you're an image bearer. God doesn't get tired in his work. You don't get tired of yours. And rest on the Lord's day. So if I can get people to work... <laughs> Take joy in their work. It's, it's built into the post-millennialism is built into the system. Work by its very nature means that the thing that you're working on is not going to be the way it was when you got it. It's going to progress to a better state. Do you see what I'm saying? You can't, you, you can hate post-millennialism all you want. But if you work... You, you, you don't, you're not leaving things like they were. They're getting better for the blessing of people and for the glory of God. So 
hate my eschatological position. Forget my, my worldview. That's fine. Go build something. Go work. Go figure out a way to be a... This is what Camden Spiller was talking about. Yes, listen, y'all, why we got me talking like this? What's wrong with y'all? Y'all supposed to be in here at Threat Inception, and I'm supposed to be listening to y'all talk. Instead, y'all got me talking. That's not how this was supposed to go. Camden Spiller was... So, so somebody in here, tell me what's in your thread real quick so I can shut up. <laughs> Camden Spiller, at the pre-conference, first talker, first speaker up, was reminding us of how small we think. The homesteading thing has become really big right now because people are trying to escape in one way or another from the government system, the, the totalitarianism, so they're retreating. But retreat in such a way to be a big blessing to others so that you can fight, right? I get that one. But he's saying that we've retreated so much that and we don't want to really fight anymore. We're trying to figure out how to keep just me and ours. And But large institutions, thinking big, I think about it this way. Do you want to be a big blessing to the world or do you want to be a eh blessing? If you want to be a eh blessing, you need to repent. You need to repent. Because the world that you live in and the God in which you image said, I want to be an overflowing blessing because that's just who I am. God made a world that overflows with food on it. There is food falling from trees that you will never eat. There are, there's water flowing from mountains which, in which you will never drink. There are things going on in the world that are just overflowing and overflowing and overflowing of, because that's the kind of God we serve. He, it's a, he's overabundance of love. And you are to image that. How can you make and build something that overflows in that kind of way to people? That's what we're supposed to be doing. Can we build things that becomes overflow of love? I watched. Y'all still ain't. Y'all ain't listening. I'm trying to tell y'all. Get some threads so I can shut up. <laughs> I watch Amazon in Seattle. They're a big influence there, out there. And so many times the local government, the federal government, or the, the state government tries as much as it can to put taxes on businesses, particularly because they want to hit Amazon, but they don't mind getting money from all the companies. So they always are trying to do something, the next move to get more money uh, to, to, for, for their coffers, right? And because Amazon is so large, they can do something that other companies can't do, which is actually, and I don't like this, I'm not, not a big fan of this, but I think there's a place for it, even inside a, a Christian nation. But they're able to go and actually say to uh, the, the civil magistrate and say, hey, listen, why don't you not try and steal more money from us and we will figure out how to solve this problem. And many times when there should have been taxes that would have destroyed smaller businesses and it would have been a tax on Amazon because their worlds are, are, are intertwined, they were able to stop those bills from going through. Wouldn't that be huge? Wouldn't that be, I mean, could you imagine being the kind of corporation that was so big, so impactful that you could stop crimes from actually taking place like abortion oh man i wouldn't be and, and, and it's not because you're just full of power no 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 it's because you figured out how to love your neighbor well one of the things that david bonson was harping on was that 
we are not going to achieve the kind of world that a lot of post-millennial people want or the kind of human flourishing that everybody wants to see with mediocrity. You don't get it. Average don't work. You're going to have to be ex- excellent. You, that's God, God made you that way. God made you to get better. As you work and beautify the creation, part of what happens to you is you get better handling it. So you get better too. But when we don't work or don't take joy in our work, part of what's lacking in us is that the creation in which we work with isn't having the same effect on us that we're having on it. We're beautifying it. We're making it. And and somehow in this reciprocal situation that God has made in the world, that creation is having an effect on us that we learn things about it. We get better at handling it. There's a video clip of Lauren Hill at the Apollo. Now, most of my white friends don't know what the Apollo is. I'm going to tell you, the Apollo is one of the most gruesome places to go. It's a talent show that takes place in Harlem. It's a very historic theater. When you go to the Apollo, you better be good. And not good, good. You better be good. Them boy, bad. You better be that kind of bad. Because otherwise, here's the rules. You go to the Apollo, and if you start singing and you ain't good, you just, eh, they will boo you off. You get immediate feedback on the quality of your singing or talent at that moment. I mean, and literally, when you open your mouth at the Apollo, you probably have like three seconds before people validate, eh, that's the person not good. Boo! And after they boo you, Somewhere in there, there's an alarm that goes off, and this guy called the Sandman comes out with a hook, a cane, and hooks you off the stage because they don't want you no more. Now, everybody knows who Lauryn Hill is, and if you don't, shame on you. Take a hammer and hit your thumb. You deserve that because you should know who Lauryn Hill is. Lauryn Hill went on this show when she was 13. She got booed while she was singing. I didn't know you could boo a 13-year-old on the stage. She got booed while she was singing. 11 years later, she won a Grammy. The kind of thing that she got from that situation made her work hard. And we're afraid of the boo. We're afraid of, oh, I'm not going to be impressive so I don't ever start. I don't ever work hard. I just want enough. So it just, no, no, no. It's okay. Take the L. It's okay to take the L. Take the L, come back and make it a W. You go back and work hard. And as you do, the thing that you're working with gets better and you get better. And then you can come out and be a blessing. Her, her, the miseducation of Lauren Hill, man, that, I used one of those songs on my wedding day. I sung, you're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. You be like heaven to touch. I want to hold you so much. At long last, love has arrived. Hey, listen, y'all ain't coming in here what's in your thread, so I'm just singing. Anyway, but she worked it, and she worked it into a Grammy. Y'all, it's this simple. It's this simple. It's, 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 work, it's just that simple. Work. Get to work. All right. Since it seems like nobody else has anything more in their threads that they want to push. Y'all know I've been trying to keep these shows to 30 minutes. You know I'm at 53 minutes? Whose fault is this? I blame Greg, a dead man walking. It's his fault. <laughs> hey, y'all. Tomorrow. Oh, I got to tell you about tomorrow. So, not today, Satan. I didn't look at my thread. You know why I didn't look at my thread? Because I'm pretty sure if I look at my threads, I'm going to have stuff in here like, 
Oh, look, Jason Farley says, love hearing people talk about the first pilot episode. My boy uh, Franklin, also known as Buddy, says, finally a Christian show that's not corny. I busted out laughing as soon as I started, as soon as I uh, the show started. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Um, I'm, I'm going to stop before I get to something that I really don't want to. I'll start another 50 minutes. I wanna... <laughs> anyway, tomorrow, David Reese. We've been going through na- national covenanting. Or should I say civic covenanting? And we've been working through covenant and how it applies as a, maybe as a, I'm thinking of as an alternative, kind of like the title Christian nationalism. I think most of the guys that are in that would probably agree with me. But we're working through it, and I'm starting to realize that, man, the whole world is designed and built around covenant. And the more that we understand that, the more we understand how covenant operates in the family, uh, connected with the church, we'll understand the civil magistrate so much better. And some of these questions around Christian nationalism and um, and Christian nations and what is the Christian's duty and responsibility in the civil magistrate? Do we have, um, I, I heard a, what was it? I think, do we have a liberty to, to sin? It's like, I mean, no, you don't. But people are fine with religious liberty in America. But you don't have the liberty to worship Molech, people. Worshiping Molech is the killing of innocent babies. And we're comfortable right now. Every Christian knows they're against abortion. But the people who are aborting are worshiping the false god of Molech. You don't get to do that. Idolatry does not stay put in one's heart. It works its way out into society. And when we see that, the civil magistrate has a duty and a responsibility to punish wickedness as it operates inside of the, the civil mat in the civil sphere. So where people are killing infants because they're worshiping Molech, that gotta go. It's so funny. I heard uh, Owen Strand, <laughs> his talk from G3 is out. It was hard for me to listen to. I ain't going to lie. But I listened to it. When I was there at the conference, I listened to it a little bit. But I couldn't stay that long in there. One of the things that he said was he believes in religious liberty. And I'm, and, and I'm like, oh, interesting. So answer me a question. Do you think that religious liberty would allow you to have the Muslim prayer played loud over the public speakers? Oh, it has a limit, huh? Would you would you allow Muslims to pray their their prayer over the loudspeakers in the public and everybody should hear it? I don't think so. Yeah, you don't have liberty to say it. Can't you, not not in the not. I'm just saying you don't have the liberty to commit crimes. That is a crime, right? Yeah, so much to talk about. We're gonna have David Reese on tomorrow, and he's gonna talk about some of these things tomorrow at two o'clock. I will be here when David Reese comes on. I actually have a time tomorrow two o'clock. I have a time. We're gonna talk about that. I might bring up some of those clips from that talk to talk about probably around the 33 minute mark on Owen's talk is when it really started getting really bad. Oh, anyway, that's Thread Inception Thursdays. This is the kind of show where you guys really control the conversation and then you guys let me go on for tirades. Next time, next week, it's more of you. This is Knox. Unleashed.